This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. in the way, battling, having got in way of the attempted clearance, Jim Gannon, oh great flick on by Alan Armstrong, oh, oh what a beauty, oh what a beauty, I've wasted all my life for that, what a screamer, an absolute I never get bored of seeing that. Hello and welcome to Scarf Bagara War, um, the very final show of 2021, episode 57. I can't believe we've done more than one a week uh, since the start of the year. Absolutely fantastic uh, on our part, I think. Just, just going to pat myself on the back for that and pat, pat Nick on the back as well. Uh, you, you might know, you might know, it's no Nick tonight. Nick's feeling a bit under the weather. Um, not feeling too great myself. Just spoken to Sam. He's not feeling too great. So we're all like got the lurgy and stuff. So we'll we'll get through it as best we can. Um, I'm delighted to welcome blogger, TSBW blogger, uh, Ant Sherratt on for his debut on the podcast. You all right, mate? How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Just got back in from work. So yeah, knackered, but looking forward to this first time. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah, just chip in as and when, um, as and when you feel the need to. Uh, what we're going to do tonight. Uh, we're going to cover the Ulti game, the 5 1 win against Alteringham, the Solihull match from the other day, Tuesday. Uh, and then we're going to look at some of the key moments from 2021. Um, just go through some of the some, some of the sort of the, the key things that, that shaped county for this year and have a chat about those. And we'll uh, we'll look at our best signing, 
most improved, unsung hero, best goal, best moment and best game. And we'll get your opinion uh, and the opinions of people that are watching live. Um, so just on that, welcome to everybody that is watching live. I did see some of the comments come in from last night because obviously we're normally on a Wednesday. There were people logging on last night, commenting. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we had to do it on a Thursday this week. Um, so yeah, all the usual names are there that, that, are, that are watching today. Probably get, it's getting too many to go through now. Um, so just thank you. And if you've not subscribed, please do the, hit the subscribe button. Uh, we are trying to get to that magical 1,000 uh, and like and comment and all those other buzzwords that YouTubers say. Um, so yeah, so let me run the titles and then we will get into it. This is the Scarf Bagara War, a Stockport County fan-created podcast, blog, YouTube live show and website. Find us at thescarfbagarawar.co.uk. For county fans, by county fans. Okay, so if we start with the Altrincham game then, which seems an absolute age, age ago now to me, because uh, of all the stuff. It's probably why I'm feeling ill. I've drank that much and ate that much. I think my body's, my body's just shut down. And it's just said, I've had enough. Um, so, you know, it's not it's not COVID. It's not Omicron or anything like that. It's just because I've ate and drank too much. That's all it is. Um, so, yeah, it was Sunday, which we're on Thursday now. So it's not that long ago. 5-1 uh, win at home to Alti. Bumper crowd. Uh, five different goal scorers. We seemed to just breeze to the wind, didn't we? Was you on co-coms for that, Sam? Uh, no, it was it was Liam on on uh, on Sunday, um, but yeah, like you say, just just a, a brilliant performance. Um, completely blew them away. I thought. I mean, to be three 0 up inside thirteen minutes, um, kind of says it all, really. And I kind of um, wanted to make the point a, a few times um, that you know, as much as Altrincham were were pretty pretty naff. Um, how many times this season before Dave Chalmers' arrival have we seen us come up against the NAT team and, and not do that to them? Yeah. Um, so you have kind of got a credit county for that as well and um, to really take advantage um, of, a, of a pretty poor side on the day. Um, yeah, I thought was was brilliant. And it obviously, how many times as county fans do we say, um, you know, big crowd and we don't turn up and... Um, to, to see that that's not the case under Dave Chalmers, to have two massive crowds and two big wins, um, kind of says that we're going in the right direction, I think. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was nice to see Sarsevich actually, I was going to say actually do something, but he sort of, he, he made his mark in that match. It was, it was the first, I've, I've said on the pod a few times, you know, in, in past pods, that I'm still waiting for him to, to bring this... Um, the skill that he's got and, and the, the the level of playing that you know that he clearly has, and he definitely brought that against, against Altrincham. Okay, against Altrincham, you know, not not a great team like you say, but um, I thought he was absolutely superb. And the other the other key moment for me was probably Crankshaw's goal, which was a sass assist, a sass assist. Yeah, um, I mean that was a beauty of a goal, wasn't it? Yeah, cracking, yeah, yeah, cracking goal at the cheer line. I think it was actually Will Collar with the assist. Um, which he, he pointed out, yeah, he um, he pointed out to, to me on Twitter because uh, I'd actually gone with Ryan Crowsdale, so he kind of made a bit of a point of um, asking people to to distinguish between the two two twins in the field <laughs> that we've got. Um, but yeah, cracking goal, and and I was buzzing that that we got that goal at, at the Cheadle end as well because I mean, me and uh, John Kieran talking at Solihull about how many times you see, uh, 
you know, four nil, four one lead at half time, and it never seems to become seven, eight, nine, and it always seems to kind of die down a little bit. And it did look at at one stage like the Chido might not get that goal mm. um, at that end. Um, so yeah, for it to come in that style, I thought was was brilliant. Yeah, I was thinking that they wanted to um, just get through that second half and make sure they were fit and ready for Solio. Because yeah. that was another big game to come. But yeah, usually, usually we don't. When teams are on bad form, we're usually the one that let, they get them off the hook. But now yeah. we're just piling the misery on, which is such a refreshing thing to see. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, I think a big part of it was conserving energy um, for Solihull and I mean, Sarsovic ended up being suspended for that, but in the second half, he was he was dropping back into almost like a quarterback type role and just picking up loose balls and spraying passes left and right. And um, I think it was kind of like you say, kind of a case of conserving energy, and, and that kind of turned out to to really work in our favour when we got to Solihull and didn't look like we played two days before, especially considering Solihull didn't have a game on Boxing Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ollie Cranshaw as well. He came on at Altis, started at Solihull. Mm. He's, he ran he ran rings around him, didn't he, in the first half at Solihull? Yeah, could have had a couple at Solihull as well himself. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, well, we, let, we can talk a bit more in depth about the Solihull game um, in, in, shortly. The, a, a couple of things from the Alti game as well, I just wanted to mention, you know, off the pitch. It was a bumper crowd and we, we, we have fallen, we're notorious for falling flat aren't we, with these, when we get these big crowds, you know, you know, when, when donors say, oh, it's five pound, you know, five pounds to get in and it's, a, you know, 7,000 and they're going to get beat by, I don't know, bloody guys near summit. Um, so it's nice to see us do that. What that does bring though, and, and I saw it, I saw it live on, on, on Sunday, uh, this thing of people, I say day trippers coming, wanting to sit in their seat and trying to move people from the seats and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I, I, on Sunday, I couldn't sit in my season ticket seat because when I, when I got up to up at tier one, that my seat wasn't. There was someone sat in my seat, so I'm not going to go over and say, "Sorry, mate, you, you know, you sat in my seat." Uh, but there was, I was with four, uh, my lad and his and his, uh, my mates, three lads, and there was they four were sat there. This dad and his wife and this kid and this, uh, you know, two couple of kids tried to move my son out of it, out of his seat, saying, "We're what, show us your tickets. We're, we're sat there." It's like no. It just, it's just a free for all, surely, isn't it? That, 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 what, what do you think? Is this what's going to come though with the success? Because we're going to get more people coming, and it's not saying it's a bad thing, but we need new fans, don't we? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, I think you know we all talk about Mark Stott's plans for. I think at one point he said twenty-two thousand stadium at, at one stage. Um, you know that those people have got to come from somewhere, and um, yeah, I saw a bit of a bit of debating on Twitter on Sunday about sitting in certain seats, and yeah, you know, everyone. Some people are going to think, well, what's the problem? They pay for a seat, they want to sit in it, and some will just say, well, I've been coming for years. This is where I sit, even if I don't choose that certain seat. It's it's one of those things that comes with the territory, and um, kind of like on the same lines as well, like the Altrincham away tickets. I noticed yeah. a few people not very happy about the additional tickets that went on sale and how quickly they went. And um, I mean, there's definitely improvements that the club can, can do in that area. But again, more from the club's point of view, if if we're asking for more fans and we're trying to get more fans in, you've got to have the facilities to 
you know, you can't ask for all these people to come and dig it all up and then not have the ticketing system to to get them all through the door or to to make sure everyone that get that wants a ticket gets a ticket. So I, obviously it's you know there's there's kind of iron stuff that needs to be ironed out um in terms of the ticketing system itself. So yeah, I think there's loads of little niggles like that that come with the territory of new fans and um you know it's one of those things like Ant says um the, the more fans we get that that's what's gonna happen and it's kind of a good and a bad thing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah happy happy hatter just message saying um as a season ticket holder he wants to sit where, for the in the seat that he's paid for. Totally understand that totally get that and I think I think I, I like you say as we do go up the leagues um it's, it needs to be sorted out I, at this moment in time, the way it's been, and this is my opinion, the way it's been and the way where we've come from, I, I couldn't go up to somebody and say, look, I'm, I, I, that's my say. To me, it's just a bit of a free-for-all. But if, if, you, if you've ever been to a Premier League ground, I'm, guaranteed, I'm, I'm almost certain everybody sits in the seat that they're allocated. Like when, when we went to Rotherham Way, we sat in the seat we're allocated. You know, don't know about, not, don't, don't, don't know so much about Notts County because we got in early. Um Sorry, she happy hatters a she. I do apologise, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I yeah, so I totally get it. But yeah, it's uh, it needs it does need to be sorted out. Um, and you're right, the, we're going to get more of these people coming along, aren't we? Um, and they're going to want to sit in the seats that they've that they've paid for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then John from Classic County, you don't go to a restaurant and sit at a random table. You can pick your seat you want online. So can't see why that's an issue. Yeah, totally get it. Um, so that was just something that I picked up on. Um, yeah, wasn't it wasn't an issue for me, but, um, but I can see why why it would be. So yeah, the Alti game again, sort of breeze breeze past Alti. I think. Um, what what's what I always think about these when you play them um, home and away in quick succession, which we tend to do in non-league, is it's going to be a completely different story when we go away on on Monday, isn't it? Yeah, especially think... they won't want to. They won't want to concede, will they? Especially after yeah. the hiding we gave them. Yeah, um, it's. I think it's just the nature of playing the same side um, in the national league, like home and away. And um, I think, like Halifax, a couple of years ago, we beat them five-one on Boxing Day at Edgley Park, and it was nil-nil um, in the return, the return leg, return fixture, because yeah. um, they just kind of tightened up. We knew what was coming and shut up shop. And I think we'd rather. On the day, they thought we'd rather play for a point and maybe nick a goal than go at them open and and be four 0 down at half time like we were at Edgeley Park. So, um, but having said that, Altrincham got beat again um, on the twenty eighth. Yeah, Brexit, it, was it one in one in yeah one in sixteen? Now they've they've won. Um, so it you know it may it may well be a case of them wanting to tighten up, but it, it's whether they can do that or not. And to us, for us to have Sarsovic back. Um, you know, I'm sure they won't be looking forward to seeing him again. Um, and to be able to get some players into the side that maybe haven't got as many minutes um, over the past two games. You know, you think of Sam Minihan didn't come on on, on Tuesday. Um, Connor Jennings hasn't really got many minutes. So there are players there that if we do start to tire, there's still a lot of quality on the bench and in the, the squad in general that can come into the team um, and, and do some damage. So, yeah, I think it will be a much tighter game, definitely away from home as well. But I think anywhere we go at the moment, we're showing that we can, can we can score a, a hat full of goals and 
and even Solihull, I know we'll come on to that, but even Solihull, you know, should should probably have been two or three when you look at the chances we've had. Um, so yeah, going to be another uh, another big day. Yeah, I say so. Let's move on to the Solihull match then, because the, I've got you know I've got to say I thought the Solihull win was more impressive than the Altrincham win in in in, in, in a, in a weird way. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you consider Solihull hadn't conceded in the four games before before Tuesday. Um, the really, really strong unit. I know they couldn't play um, Maynard because obviously we had that agreement, which again, that's a great tick in the box for me, for County. You know, we, we, how, how many times have we done this in the past where we've let players go out or, and you know, scoring scoring for our rivals and things like that? You know, I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we had that sort of clause in that in that loan contract. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I just, I've wrote a few things down. I'll just reel them off, and then we can talk about them. I thought Crowsdale and Collar were superb in the centre of midfield. Um, in the transition, we were so quick to press, and they were, they were massive parts of that. Crankshaw and Madden were too. You know, they, they were, they spent all game pressing so high. It was really good to see that. You know, um, the emergency defending was superb as well. I, I don't know. I, I, was it Hogan did two two really good blocks? I think Palmer did another one as well. Um, Madden was relentless. Um, he just chased down everything. And when did we score? Was it 75th? Was it 75th? Yeah, 73rd minute, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, the amount of work he got through before that, I, I almost like that just capped off his performance. That You know, he deserved his goal. Um, and we, we, we generally outplayed a good team, you know, a really good team. Um, my mate, who's a ground hopper, uh, went to that match. He's an Oldham fan, so let's not hold that against him. But <laughs> he's a ground hopper. Went to that match and and basically said, "Yeah, you know, on balance, we were we were the better team. You could see we had a game plan. You know, we had we had better players, and and we were just set up re- really, really well. And that's what that's what we're getting now with um, with Chaliner, isn't it? We're getting that high press, positive football. It's not sideways passing. Um, it's just really, really f- refreshing to see." Yeah, pretty, pretty much nailed it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Neil Ardley, the Solihull manager, said after the game, um, he, he said, "You know, they probably deserve Stockport probably deserved to win." Which, when you've got an opposition, opposition manager saying the other team probably deserved to win, that usually means they definitely deserve to win. But they're not going to overreg it too much. Um, so yeah, I think everyone that was in the ground could see that it was. Don't get me wrong; it was you know two good teams, like you say, and Solihull, really solid team. I think we've had something like twelve out of eighteen clean sheets or something like that so right. um so yeah really solid jimmy ball was playing at center half for them he, i thought he was class because before the game looking at the team sheet and looking at where jimmy ball was playing i was thinking he's gonna have a really torrid time against scott quigley but um kind of stood up to him for the for the whole game and and played a few good balls out from the back and was pretty solid he's a cap he was captain there um so yeah i thought he was brilliant um and it was two kind of really tight defences. Holo, having said that, the amount of times that both teams played out from the back in really tight spaces and, and almost got caught. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we press really high up, so that's kind of... We're pressing high up and forcing the mistake, whereas we did it once in particular, played out from the back at our end in the second half, and they went through one-on-one and Hintley had to make the save. Yes. Um, and it's kind of like... I suppose it's, it's one of those things because playing out from the back is... There's ways to do it, and the way we're doing it at the moment on the channel is working for us, but it's going to come with risks. So you've kind of got to think if you can 
you know, minimise the risk. And I think to go to Solihull and only have one mistake leading to a chance like that, would you take it if it leads to a one nil win? Yeah, obviously it's you know in the moment it's it's difficult to say that because you're hanging on and you're nervous. But looking back in hindsight, you'd probably say yeah, we'd take we'd be willing to take the risk and and get the win um, rather than maybe going long. I, I suppose with Quigley in the team, it is easy to go long, but going long to the likes of Madden and certainly when Quigley was injured, going long to Reed and players like that, and it just coming straight back to us. So I think there's risk and reward, isn't there? But um, yeah, I thought that was definitely something that was that was noteworthy that both teams kept playing out from the back and kept going and kept going, even though they were being pushed high and conceding possession and conceding chances. Yeah, I felt like we do try this long ball and the second ball off Scott Quigley, they sweep that up really well, but we found another way to play. And that was more refreshing for me because previously we would we'd have carried on doing it. It's not working. But now we've found another way. Like Crowsdale and Collar, they were almost playing as like a number 10, both of them. It was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the amount of times um, Collar or Crowsdale just got a footy, do you know what I mean? Just a niggly foot. I, I picked up on this when we played Rotherham away and it was kind of the reason why they edged it against us, I, I, I thought. Every time the ball was going through the lines from defence through midfield into attack, Rotherham, the Rotherham players just seemed to get a foot on it just to help it along like a little toe onto it. It happened loads of times in that match. Whereas we were doing it, um, what were we on Thursday? It was Tuesday, wasn't it? I did go to the match. We just, I just, my days are all over the place. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it, it just felt like on Tuesday that we were doing that, and and they they were trying to they were trying to play it in midfield, and Colorado Crows will just get a foot in, just get a foot in yeah. and, and and disrupt it, disrupt the play, and then we then we'd be on the we'd be on the offensive then. That that thing yeah. about playing out out from the back, we, I, did we do that under Rusk? I can't remember, but I know we didn't do it under Gannon, yeah. did we? We did we did do it under Rusk, but it's difficult because I think people kind of tend to think that if it's just going back to Bush to going back to bashing. The previous manager but it's kind of you've got to look back and compare to, to kind of see where we were and where we've come to and we were doing it under rusk and it, it was just like i say there's ways of doing it and the way we do it now is to play out from the back but with the intent of play out from the back try and get it to your wing backs and, and the floating center halves kitchen and keen usually um and if not like ant says you can go long and try and pick off a second ball if that's not working we'll try and get it through midfield and, and down the flanks, whereas under Rusk, whether it was, it was by design or whether it just became that way, it was out from the back, back to Ben Hinchliffe or, or Ethan Ross, back to Ash Palmer, back to the keeper, and then punt it long anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of like without a purpose. So like I say, that that's what I mean when I say there's, there's ways of doing it. And the way we're doing it now, although there is a risk of like we saw at Solihull of, I think it was Ash Palmer played it a bit loose to Crowsdale and... Uh, Solihull pushed high up and nicked it and had the one-on-one shot saved. Although that's the risk, the reward is the the sheer number of crosses we get to, into the box from Rydell and Southern Hills that, that are kind of released down the flank. So I think the way we're doing it now is a way to do it. But like Ant says, it's important that under Challenger we've got a different way of playing when that doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah, we can mix it up, can't we? I did notice in the second half, though, um, I don't know. I don't know what you think of this, or whether there's anything, anything into it. But um, 
was it? I don't know which. I don't know which came first, but Crankshaw had the opportunity to play the ball outside for Southam Hales, which was the better option. The better option was out, you know, to play it outside. And I think he came inside and did, and did something, and it, it didn't lead to a goal. A couple of minutes later, um, but Southam Hales had the chance to do the same for Crankshaw, but didn't. And I wouldn't. I just wondered. I'd, I'd love to get a player on just to get get into the sort of like the uh, the psychology of it. I wonder is that. Is that because you didn't pass to him two minutes earlier? Well, you didn't, you didn't play outside for me, so I know I've got the chance. I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the same for you. I'm going to cut inside and see if I can do something. Yeah, I suppose so. But I think at the same time as well, it's it's good to see them doing that in a way because, again, not to hark back to the previous manager, but just as a kind of a point of reference for where we were as a team, I would get really frustrated with like Crankshaw, Salem Hales, because I just thought they were like within themselves a little bit and as fans knowing how good they are I think we were all watching them thinking why why are you turning back like why why are you turning back and playing a safe pass back to halfway like why don't you keep going keep taking your man on um and I think they were all a bit maybe too safe and whether that was kind of drilled into them or whether that just how it happened because of the form we were in but now although you get stuff like that where one of them maybe goes for goal instead of playing a better a better pass it's actually good to see that they have got that confidence to do that again. Um, because, you know, Ollie Crankshaw and Macaulay Salmon Hales are probably not going to get a, a better right side in the league. Um, mm. So for him to actually be going, taking players on like we know they can do and getting the assists and the goals that we know they can do now, um, again, just kind of is a credit to Dave Chowner, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's just let's just come back to something before we move off from the Solihull match, but something back to the Ulti match. And it's been mentioned a lot in the in the comments. Um, I'll just put one up here. You know, new fans coming. Um, a lot of City, <coughs> United. Uh, I don't, I'm not so, I'm not so sure shirts are being worn, but I know there was a shirt worn in the Hartlepool match, weren't they? Um, but it's definitely something I'm seeing, which is. Um, Sort of United and City coats and things. What, what what do you think about that? Yeah, it drives me mad. <laughs> I, I <can't>, yeah, <laughs> I, the, the seat thing. Like, I, I can see both sides of it, and you know, I'm not going to get. I don't really get dragged into that because I know yeah, that yeah, people yeah. have strong feelings on it either way. But the the City and United shirts, and, and to be fair, any shirt really. Like, I think that's one of those things that, as much as possible, it, county fans would just kind of police it themselves. Like, not 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 with people we don't know, but. <laughs> But like, if you were going with your mate, if, if I was going to go with my mate who was a big United fan and he want, he's, he's kind of caught the bug through the Bolton game, pre-watching the Bolton game on TV and whatever, if he was a big United fan or a big City fan and I was going to the game with him, yeah, that's the kind of thing where you'd be like, don't, you know, don't be a dick. But obviously, <laughs> I, I mean that in terms of with people you know and with your mates and your family and stuff, it, but it drives me mad when you see it in the stands because it's a bit of a... It, you know, I, I'm all for getting these new fans in and that's what we need, but... Um, it is a bit disrespectful to to the county fans that, that have been there, you know, in the Conference North, at Foxhall Motors and all these places. Um, but that's just me. I'm sure people have different thoughts on it. No, I'm yeah. completely the same. Absolutely the same. But I do want more people to come in. The atmosphere is better. We need to bring them from the Etihad. We need to bring them from Old Trafford and get them buying our season tickets. Mm. That's what we need to do. We do need to yeah. make them feel welcome in a way, but remember what we were as well at the same time. To be fair, when I was sorry, Ross. To be fair, when I was growing up, and I, I think I remember being sat in the Cheadle end, and um, there was a, a player of ours that was 
wasn't in the squad that day and he was walking around in his city coat. So, to be fair, it could always be worse. Danny Adams, that was, not it? Yeah, Danny Adams. Yeah. I don't know. I... I... I see it as a, a sort of a, a mark of disrespect. I mean, if if you're a, if you're a football person, then you know you wouldn't you wouldn't go to an opposition ground with with your club's your club's emblem on it. As you you just wouldn't. I mean, I've been to you know, I've been to watch United and Liverpool just you know in the corporate. I don't I don't I don't put my county shirt on underneath no. or or have, I wear my county coat because it's just not it's just not what you do, is it? No. Um, I just think it's pe- people who do it. I think don't know. They, 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 they clearly don't go to football matches much. I, I'm convinced of it. Or they, or they don't know that I don't know the, like the deep culture of it, um, of how disrespectful it is. It, it does wind me up massively. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. We we do need these. We do need these people. I just, yeah, I just thought I'd do a bit quick, quick call back to that because we were getting a lot of comments about that, and I think we're all in agreement. Uh, but let's not um, let's not go. Like bashing him or anything. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so back to the Solihull match then. I mean, the, we, you know, we we had loads of chances, didn't we? I mean, the the the, the, the two that stand out for me really was um, the one. Well, that were obviously not not Madden's, but um, the quickly on the line chance. Yeah. Um, we I know I, you know everyone was saying near me. How, how has he not scored that? But it's just I think it's just unlucky. Yeah, I, I don't think he can do much more. To be fair, like he's the ball's coming low at him. He, he's got his foot round it. I think there's a there's a brilliant picture that um, Mike Petch has put on on Twitter of the the defender. I think it was Clark for Solihull. Literally, like it's like the minute Quigley connects with the ball, he just drops like vert- completely vertically and just is lay flat across the goal line. Um, and you know what? What can you do? What can you do? Really, it's one of those things in in the moment. Um, well, that that was just one of several chances. He actually, Quigley actually had a, a header later on in the half where he kind of peeled off to the back post and plant, he was in like acres of space and he just planted the header onto the roof of the net. Yeah. And that was he should be doing a lot better with that one than he did with the one that was like one yard out because um, that was the header that he had. You kind of think that's his like meat and drink. Um, yeah. But like I say, I actually think they did kind of handle him quite quite well, considering it was Jimmy Ball that was up against him for most of the game. But having said that, he still had a big part to play in the game and was still getting flick-ons and holding the ball up and still had... I mean, he could have had a hat-trick. Um, he had plenty of... Like, like I say, peeling off at the near post, um, picking the ball up on the edge and spinning his man. Like, he had plenty of chances. And yeah. I think that one was just... A, you know, it's just unfortunate, like you say. It's just, it's just bad luck, really. I think in the second half when Quigley took Jimmy Ball on and he actually beat him for pace, I was like, wow, <laughs> going on here. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. The, the, the header, the header was that that's within his control, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and, and the one where it was on the line, I mean, that, that just says to me, that's why Solly Hull don't concede many. That's yeah. it. That's their, that's their emergency defending and they do it really well. Um, yeah. So that and that, that's why I was I was really pleased that we got the breakthrough because it was looking like it was going to be one of those days. Um, yeah, it where... just it just felt for so long like we because uh, Crankshaw hit the hit the the post. Um, there's a, there's a speaking of of pictures from the game. I saw one online as well of the handball appeal. So the corners come in. I think Palmer's bundled it onto Kitchen. Kitchen's kind of scuffed his shot, 
and then he's, they've all gone up for handball, and then while they're appealing for handball, Crankshaw's come in and smashed it off the crossbar, and it's gone over. But there's a picture of the handball, and it, it is literally a, a save. Like he's got his hand well above his head. I suppose you can say it's from a yard or two away, but um, like if you take that into account as well, the penalty appeal, uh, the crossbar, Madden had a few good chances in the first half. Yeah, um, it just felt like going back to how we always say, you know, being a county fan is kind of knowing that when we have a big crowd, we're going to be let down. It's the same kind of mindset of being a county fan of it's going to be one of those days. And I think both of those things were starting to move away from, from that now. And like, obviously we're getting the big crowds in and winning. And also we're seeing that when we're all stood in the away end or in the, in the gantry, whatever thinking, it's going to be one of those days, county just, just crack on with it and go and get the goal. And we're not, you know, we're moving away from that mindset of like St. Old County. Um, which is good to see. Even 1-0 up, though, with 15 to play, we, I just didn't feel like we were going to concede. I just felt we were solid enough and we've done this professional, we, we are taking these three points back with us. And that's that's so much different from before as well. Yeah, even, yeah, absolutely. Even, even on the gym, it was... Sometimes then we were like, I don't know where... And mm, yeah. This does seem a bit better. There was... Obviously, we're going to... You know, we're not going to win every game and there are going to be times we had it wrong and like talking away. Yeah. Um, although we played well and we deserve, probably deserved something, it, the, we obviously got things wrong with the goals that we conceded. Um, so there are going to be times we get it wrong, but um, for that to be the only defeat in the league since since he's come in, um, and it was, it was quite interesting as well. In, in Chelsea's post-match interview, he said, "You know, it's much better. It sounds obvious, but he said it's much better to to go out to go out with intent for sixty to seventy minutes, get the goal." And then defend for 15, 20 minutes rather than keeping it tight for 60, 70 minutes and then just chasing the game and trying to nick the goal and getting desperate and it's not doesn't come because then you do leave yourself open to going, oh, it was one of those days. Well, it wasn't. Yeah. You just defended for 70 minutes yeah. and then tried to snatch a goal while you're running out of time. Whereas what County did on, on Tuesday is go for it, keep going for it, keep going for it, keep going for it. And then eventually the goal does come. And then if you hang on for 15 minutes away from home, and like Ant says, it wasn't. There wasn't any major chances. I think we had a half-hearted penalty appeal, um, Solly Hull, near the end, and they had that shot where Hogan got the double block in. Um, But there wasn't anything major, and it's, like I say, it's that mindset now that seems to be, we'll go out and be positive for for two-thirds of the game, get the goals that we need or get the goal that we need, and then if we're hanging on for a little bit, like, fine, we, we back ourselves to see it out. Yeah, but that, but that is such a massive mindset change, isn't it? I I, I saw I saw the post match as well, and I, I, every time every time I listen to him, I'm, I'm even more and more impressed with with the way that he approaches the game. And I, I know I'll openly admit I wasn't I wasn't thinking I wasn't. Oh, how do we put this? He wasn't my first choice to be the next manager when Rusk left. So, but now he is, and and hearing what he does and and how he's approached it. And he's, he, I, I love that that you what you've just said, Sam. That, that he said about you know trying to to, to, to win something for two thirds of the match and then have something to protect rather than like you say. Whereas and again, I don't want to harp back to Rusk, but it felt with Rusk it was very much um, well. Let's just let's just feel our way into the game and see see how it progresses, see how it, see how it turns out, and then we'll start making decisions later on. Whereas Challenger's going, no, no, it's it's in, it's in our gift. We're gonna we're gonna take the game by the scruff of the neck, that, that puts the ball in their court then. They've got to make some yeah. decisions, which is yeah. which is so much better. 
definitely. Yeah. And I think just finally on that as well, I think I was guilty of it myself last, particularly last season, and um, when games were behind closed doors under Simon Rusk. Um, I'd watch games and I'd be reporting on games where it'd be nil-nil with 10 minutes to go or one all, or we'd be one-nil down. And in the last 10, five, 10 minutes, we'd hit the crossbar, we'd have a penalty appeal turned down, we'd hit the post, we'd have gone off the line. And I'd come away reporting on the game going, oh, so unfortunate. And actually looking back, we, we weren't. It, it's like you say, it's, it's in your own hands. And we might have looked unfortunate because you look... People go away from games typically remembering the last 10, 15, 20 minutes because mm. that's what's freshest in the mind. And I think we would have a tendency to come away from games because we'd be either behind or we'd be drawing. We'd throw everything at it for 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes, maybe have a couple of chances and go, oh, we should have won that. We, we were the better team. Well, we weren't. We just kind of dominated for that last 10 minutes because we were desperate, because we'd left it too late ourselves. If we'd have done what we do now and go for the the goals in the, the first 60, 70, 75 minutes and then hold on to it, then we have deserved to win and we have deserved to get something. And like I say, we're not always going to do that. You know, Torquay is a prime example of it going wrong and we were chasing things a little bit, but, um, you know, you, you literally can't win them all. So I think more often than not, we're getting it right approaching games like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, D- Dave has come in though, hasn't he? He's got played eight league games, 16 points. Two points a game. It's mm. just what we yeah. need. Is the talk is not disaster. No, absolutely, even if yeah. even if we don't win against Altier, it's not really that much of a disaster. We've got the six points already from the last two games. Yeah, I we said um, three more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I said after Torquay, um, through no fault of Dave Chalmers, the situation he's come into means we can't afford to lose many games under him and this season. And it's kind of like a manager's come in and through no fault of his own, he can't afford to lose as many games. So the Torquay game felt like a, a real like dagger because, you know, if, if Chalina had been manager all season and that was our second or third defeat of the season, it doesn't feel as bad. But every defeat now or every drop point yeah. is going to feel like a disaster because we're starting from kind of behind the... Um, you know, we snooped a little bit, and, and yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we are only four points. Someone pointed it out to me on Twitter. You know, I said after Solihull we're four points off the top. I think that does have the potential to become like eight points after games in hand have been played. Um, so, you know, that's not saying we're going to go from now until May and win every single game. But Challenge has come in possibly a little bit late, and. That just means now that he can't afford to drop as many points, um, and it's kind of you have to feel sorry for him a little bit because that's that's not his fault at all that mm. that he's in that situation. Um, you know, someone like James Rowe at Chesterfield has had all season to get things right. If they lose, you know, any given game in January or February, he can turn around and go, "Oh, well, we've lost, but you know, we've only lost one before today all season, so we've got that little bit of manu- like room for manoeuvre." Um, Whereas we just kind of have to go full pelt now from now until May, and not look back really. Yeah, well, with the with the players we've got and and the the, the playing philosophy Chellen has got, I, I honestly can't see us losing many. Um, what what would be nice is if we when we do play the teams or say the bigger teams in the division, we actually get results against them. 
because under Jim and under Rusk we didn't. Um, yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to take those on and, and actually get start getting results um, against, yeah. against them. Just something about the Solihull match. Cy Lomas makes a good point here. Um, just to add to the add to how more how much more impressive it was, um, the intensity that we had against Solihull, albeit you know away away at Solihull as well. They've not played on Boxing Day. We had all right. We we made a few changes and things, but even still, you know, we finished the game stronger and fitter. Um, yeah, and I, you know that's that, again that speaks volumes to it about the players we've got, the squad we've got, and and just a plain philosophy. I think that that Chaloner instills as instilled into him which is which is great to see yeah um, and I, I think he's challenged one of those and to be fair neil hardly was the same the solihull manager after the game um i think the solihull media guy said to to hardly oh is it a case of stockport have got a bit of momentum from boxing day and, and we're a bit rusty and hardly just said well stockport can say they're tired and, and we're fresh like it it's an, it's an excuse if you want it to be an excuse you know Chalner yeah. could if we lost the game Chalner could say they're fresh and if we win the game they can say we've got momentum from 5-1 and they've got no game in in the bag so he just said you know i'm not going to use that he said that that shouldn't be the case and i think to be fair it's two managers that just said look we're in this situation you can't it was similar i think at wieldston we had it was really bad kind of gale force winds and i think there was a bit of a storm that weekend and we i think for most, most of the first half we were kicking into the wind and um Obviously went on to win four one, and he was asked about that after the game, and he just said, "Well, it's not, it's it's the weather. You know what, what can you do? You, it's 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 an uncontrollable." Um, and I think with Chalana now, it's none of those things are, you know, we're not reaching for things um, as an excuse for a defeat. And that's not to say, you know, we were previously or whatever. I don't want to kind of keep digging back, but now it's just. Look, we we look after what we can look after, and if we win, draw, or lose, that's that's on us. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, and that's what that that again that this is what I, this is what I like about Challen. He he's he's coming and quickly just said right there, there are no excuses. It's all it's everything's on us. There are no excuses, whether it be weather or you know they've not played on on Boxing Day or whatever. He, he does. He just. He just says, doesn't he? Look, we need. We need to take control of what we can take control of, and and we'll we'll, we'll see how things pan out after that. Um, yeah, just another. Just holding on some of the some of the more uh, some of the comments that are coming through as well. Um, you know, we're 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 bigging up the, the the team here, and we've had two really good results. Going back to that Torquay match, um, did we have quickly for that match? No. 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 Um, so yeah, some some people have commented, uh, you know, quickly is great, but you know, if he has an injury, then we're massively hampered. Are we yeah. going to do something in the in, in the in the January transfer window? I know there's no window for the national league, but you know, you, yeah. you can only get players from the league. We need something. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be yeah, I'd be massively surprised if if there's nothing coming in. Um, I think we probably already are looking at strikers. Um, not to, it's it's a difficult one because how i suppose how do you sell it how do you sell the move to a striker put it this way if, if i'm a if i'm a, a any kind of decent striker in the football league or national league or national league north or whatever if i'm if i get offered the chance to move and i'm looking at the squad no matter how much you back yourself you're probably saying well where am i getting into the team yeah and how do you sell a move to a striker that's you're basically saying to him 
or you don't get in the team, you, it's just if Scott Quigley gets injured or, you know, it's just if we need someone off the bench for the last 10 minutes. I know it does happen and there are ways around it, obviously, and Challen has been really good at managing people's minutes. But I think it's a balance between keeping that Madden and Quigley partnership going and also finding, like, we definitely need something like at Torquay. We were so, um, we almost went back to that that one way of playing. Um, without Quigley and um, Chaloner was really unhappy after Torquay with the fact that he thought we should have been able to to win the game anyway um, but it's definitely an, an area that needs addressing um, mm. and like I say I'd, I'd be massively surprised if we didn't um, but yeah it's a difficult one to manage and it's up to it's, it's going to be up to Chaloner really to to manage people's minutes if we do bring someone in in that area and um do you, I mean, do you go and look to bring in a a new first choice striker, and or or do we just say we're over the moon with two of the best strikers in the league, and it's going to be someone just to kind of supplement them a little bit? He's also gone Ben Whitfield to come back as well, hasn't he? He's got to try and get him fitted in. So that's he'll be like a new signing because he's only played what forty five minutes for Challenger, really, hasn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah. What, what, what's, I mean, we've spoken about this on the pod before, but what strikers are out there? Do, do, do you lads know any of any strikers that are out there that will be available? I, I mean, I, I think would, would people kind of say anyone's available to us now? Like, I, I don't, you know, for us yeah. this time, this time last season in the December, I know obviously things changed with, with Jim moving on, but would we have said this time last year that we'd go and get Paddy Madden in? in January and mm-hmm. February and um you know would we say we'd go and get Anthony Sarsovich mid season or 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 you know after the season started I think you'd probably say whoever you, you want to go and get really like you know kind of obviously to an extent and it might be that county turn around and say well we could go and get this person but they're asking a ridiculous amount because it's mid season and he's their top scorer. Um, and they know we're county. They know county resources, so they're going to add that stop county tax on a little bit. Um, yeah. But generally, I, I suppose you can go and get, or go and try and, and get whoever, whoever you want really. And like I say, the problem is, I, I probably, I, I'd be against going getting a Madden Sarsovich quickly type signing during the season because. You start to get a bit top heavy, and it it's probably not what we need. What what we need is probably a, I mean, maybe we get a younger striker on loan from the Premier League, from from the Championship, that's going to be guaranteed minutes off the bench, and you know, a bit of an impact player. Um, you look at what Jack Stratton did last season. Um, yeah, you know, someone that can do that, and then in the summer, then you reassess your squad and look at a new marquee signing. But I just think doing that mid-season when we're already decent. In a decent position for a, a bit of a promotion push, probably could um, rock the apple cart a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's lots of um, there's lots of comments coming in about 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 this. I mean, there's quite a few. You know, can't, can't we just bring Melanie Kelly back? I think completely different type of player. Uh, yeah, Kelly. You know, he's young. Uh, we've got Card Cardwell for me. Adam Booth. Um, there's the usual one. Someone's mentioned Shimanga, but we 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 we've done that one to death about Shimanga. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, yeah, edgy Chris Edgerton. What about a load signing to back up quickly? I mean, the loan market is something we we could we could easily dip into as well if it shorts him, like you say, you know, a, a player of that ilk from from a Premier League team under twenty threes that he's ha he's happy just to be part of the setup, get some experience. Um, it's not, you know, I, I often think it's not all about playing as well, is it? You know, it's for, for someone like that in the Premier League, you know, if it's another 23 striker, it's about being part of a, an adult team. It's to want of a better phrase, open age team. You, you're doing all the traveling. You're being part of that, you know, part of that match day squad and all that kind of stuff. So if they come, if they need to come on and, and, and play a part, then they can do. And, and hopefully they'll step up if you get the right player. Um, so it doesn't ha doesn't necessarily have to be someone who wants to play all the time or you know sees that as a problem. Um, yeah, but I suppose the difficulty with the loan market and a younger player is typically they don't tend to be of the Scott Quigley build. You know, no. so you're gonna you know even even going back to someone like Stretton, you know, yeah, he scored goals and he did well, but he was the he was more the Madden type player to to the Harry Cardwell or, you know, a Richie Bennett type player. Yeah. So, to go and get a, a big target man type type signing. I mean, not, I, I wouldn't say Harry Cardwell. I think obviously it, it was an open secret that he was close to, to returning um, before, I think he, he got injured before his medical um, earlier in the season when, when Simon Rusk was in charge and it fell through. I'd be surprised if we, if we revisited that because I think Cardwell was more, I think the previous manager was more a fan of, of his and I don't think that's what we go and get now. But someone like that, that is more a target man type striker, because like I think it was Gaz that, that commented saying, um, you know, we need a quickly replacement for when he's injured or when he's unfit or when he's suspended or whatever the case may be. But you can't go and get a, first, a new replacement to literally replace Scott Quigley in the starting lineup, it has to be someone like a Cardwell type player that might come on after 70 minutes and do, you know, see out the game or start in the trophy or, or start when Quigley's injured or not fit or whatever the case may be. Um, that, you know, that's what we're missing. If we go and get a, a younger striker or a lone striker, it's probably going to be someone that's more of a poacher or a young player that's more nippy and gets in behind. That probably isn't going to address the fact that we need someone to, to back up quickly. Yeah. Challenger might have someone he wants who's previously worked with, though. He, mm. They can trust him, he can come in. And I'm not saying it is, but Oates or Armstrong could come in. Who he's had before, yeah. they can trust him, they know that they can yeah, accept what he says. Yeah. And well, no yeah, idea whether they're available or anything like that. But... Yeah, I mean, Oates is, I think Oates is doing, doing brilliant or doing well at Mansfield. Um, but yeah, and I, I see your point, like a, you know, an Armstrong type player. But, you know, Luke Armstrong was of that build, but still scored goals, like Scott Quigley does. Um, and I think, I mean, I, we, we spoke to Chandler in the press about uh, Richie Bennett when he, he had Bennett at Hartlepool last season. And, yeah. um, you know, he, he kind of said there was, I think there was an element from other people around Hartlepool at the time of, are you sure? Like, are you sure this is who we want to bring in? And Chaloner was adamant that the create the chances that Hartlepool created, 
you know, you know, he might score one or two a game, but that one or two would win them a game or get them a point. Or, you know, I think he got, I think he won them a point when they had ten men away from home. I think it was Boreham Wood last season. He got a hat trick against Wealdstone, and I think uh, his point of view was, you know, maybe the way we played last season was Bennett would get one chance a game, and if he doesn't take that one chance, then he looks like he's had a bad game. Whereas if Hartlepool give him seven, eight, nine chances and he scores one or two, he's had a brilliant game. Mm. So, you know, he, he, I think he is of the mindset that with the crosses we get into the box. And it's the same now you see it with Rydell and Southern Hales and Kitchen and Keane and Collar, like the amount of the sheer number of balls we get into the box. Someone like that might only have a low conversion rate, but they do the job because they'll get one or two here and there and that's yeah. enough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've probably seen, I don't know, you've seen all the comments coming in. There's a lot of people commenting who have clearly got a better knowledge than certainly I have on different players that are out there. Um, but Bennett, yeah, Bennett, Bennett's been mentioned quite a lot. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's not a bad shout at all, is it? So there are some, you know, interesting players there that are coming up in the comments. Um, okay, let's move on. Because um, believe it or not, we've done 50 minutes already. Time, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Um, let's talk about the key moments of 2021 then, um, and we'll, we'll we'll have a look at those uh, those uh, sort of you know the, your best signing of 2021, most improved, unsung hero, etc. So I've written down some key moments. Um, we, we we don't need to talk about these because we've been doing this podcast every week all year, so we've we've, we've we've done them to death basically. But started off with obviously Jim getting sacked. Rusk was appointed. Uh, we went on an 18 game unbeaten run, which is a record club record uh, in the last season. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Ended in defeat to Hartlepool at home. Um, obviously, Rusk was sacked. DC appointed. Fantastic start to Charlie's uh, managerial reign at County. And then we had the Bolton Wanderers games, which were just absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know. Is there any? Have I missed anything in terms of twenty twenty one and key moments? Connor Jennings, massive. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Going out, coming back in, scoring like that, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Good shout. Very good shout. Um, yeah. Apologies for forgetting that on my list, Connor. If you if you're listening or watching, um, yeah. Anything else? Any any other sort of massive moments? I, I, I feel like I've missed something. You know, like. Um, a light on the back of the Cheadle stand wasn't in the right position and we had to get it moved or something like that. Was there anything, anything of that ilk that I've missed? Um, don't think so. No, I think it's, <laughs> it's, been, a, it's been a mad year on it. I think, you know, if you think, you know, to think the West Ham game was this year, like... Oh, yeah, you know, the that, West Ham game. Shit. Like, <laughs> to, think, to think that that was this year just kind of... It, it's, it's mental, you know, how much how much has gone on since then and, and how much water there is under the bridge. And, um, you know, I don't think, you know, full time against West Ham, I don't think if if anyone would have said, you know, on, on New Year's Eve, we'll be in the playoff places in the National League with Dave Challoner as a manager, having had two managers and an interim in the meantime. And yeah, um, I don't think anyone would, would believe that that would be the case. And it, obviously, Typical county, I suppose, with the way that stuff works out. Um, 
but yeah, just a, a bit of a mental, a mental year. Yeah, Edsley Park getting transformed as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're getting comments about that. So, so um, new seats in the Cheedland, new seats in the um, railway end as well. Um, I'm pretty sure the scoreboard, the bigger and better scoreboard, went up this year. Um, yeah, new scoreboard that that's gone up. Um, a new bit. Pies. A bit <laughs> I was to say new pie, big one for me. is new pies. Um, the the the, the, the pie, You know, apart from. Apart from the ulti match, where it was an absolute nightmare in the concourse to get served, but on a normal match day, um, the service has been much much better. Um, everything just seems to link up now. You know when you go to the, when you go and get your pint or your pie, and you ask for your ten percent off because you show them the card, or they're asking you. Whereas that's never happened. Obviously, we've never had that discount before. I don't. I don't think. But it just all seems to be, all seems to be uh, run like a proper club. Which yeah. makes me which makes me so proud, um, right? Let's let's talk about then um, some of the I don't know what you call them, sort of like your your best kind of things this year. So I, I appreciate, and you've probably not seen this, or you might have seen it, and you might not, you know not have time to think. But uh, we'll start with best sign in the twenty twenty one, and obviously, if you're commenting, if you if you're watching live, please do please do you know let us know. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll try and gauge it from the comments who who you think. Uh, but yeah, best signing of 2021. Sam, I, so go on, um, go on, yeah, yeah, go on. Go on. Right, I, I did it on Twitter, yeah. Um, all right, I, did, I put down Chaloner, best signing. Oh, nice, all right, definitely. Um, yeah, um, I think where, where we're at now, obviously, Chaloner's a, a great shout, but um, I suppose the argument there is would, would that ever have gone down as a as a brilliant signing, had Jim, you know, never left, and that's obviously a, a bone of contention for a lot of people. And yeah, um, I think on the pitch, uh, obviously Ollie Crankshaw. I know people are mentioning mentioning him. Um, he, he's just a, like a, a cut above, and um, can be, you know, for, for his age as well, can be a real. Obviously, you don't want to look at football like this, but given how football works, the age is at, he can either be a a stalwart for years or he can have really good resale value and yeah. I, like i say i know you don't want to look at it like that but that's how football works and if yeah yeah if we've got a player at a young age on a three-year deal um you know that's that's something that we could potentially make money off in the future and um, or he can just fire us through through the leagues um i think i suppose it's one of those kind of um stating the obvious at the moment and I don't think people, myself included, would have said it at the time. But based on current form, Ryan Rydell, again, three-year deal, um, young age, uh, getting in the team every week. Now, I think if you look at County's current 16 on a match day, there's probably not many players that are above him for being classed as first name on a team sheet yeah. um, when everyone's fully fit. Uh, obviously, a big part of that, I suppose this goes to your, back, back to your point, and a big part of him being listed as a potential signing of the year is because of Dave Chaloner. So I suppose that goes hand in hand with, with your choice. Um, based on on how everything landed and how everything happened this year and how things unfolded, I think Dave Chaloner is probably a, a great shout. Yeah, I've I've gone. For, I've I've actually got two names in each of these just just because I was feeling indulgent but i've put um collar and crankshaw 
but and, and collar might be a bone of contention. Uh, I think he's only been mentioned once in the in the um, in, in the comments. But collar, as soon as he signed, and I know he was, a, he was Russ's first signing, I think, wasn't he? As soon as he signed, I said you could just tell, like he's a player. He's an absolute player, just just from his touch. Um, absolutely superb. But yeah, Crankshaw. It's funny because um, you know he wasn't he wasn't getting minutes, was he at Bradford or? Derek Adams was very critical of him in, in one of his final games. And it's it's difficult to see why. I mean, he's just he's energetic. Yeah. The goal against Alteringham was just sublime, you know, when he, he caused Bolton so many problems. He's he's just fantastic. But yeah, Will Will Collar, Will Collar for me is I I think he's the best he's my best signer this year, and I think he will into twenty twenty two and maybe even beyond, hopefully. He's, he's going to start running this team, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a strange one with with Collar because, kind of in in the media, you get an inkling, not from directly from people at football clubs, but around the club. If you get wind of a sign in, it'll be you'll get an idea of, oh, it's just you know it's just a cover sign in. Don't you know it, nothing to nothing to to get too hyped up about. It's just a cover sign in, or it's oh we're signing this player. You know people aren't going to believe it. You kind of get wind of, of like of what what the vibe is, and for Collar, it was, I suppose it was probably indicative of, of what the club was like at the time. But it was just kind of it felt like, oh, it, it's just a, a cover signing. He, he signed initially on a deal to the end of the season, which when you think we were handing out three year deals like they were, you know, going out of fashion, it, it, to, to give a player a deal to the end of the season. I know he was on a free transfer, but it just kind of felt like okay, well we'll. He'll give us some legs in midfield when we need someone in the final ten. But now again, probably on current form, one of those that's pushing Rydell and, and players like that, Crankshaw for, for kind of first name on the team sheet territory. And like you, Ross, I just think he's he, he's brilliant and kind of really fits into that Crowsdale, Sarsovich collar kind of triangle that we have yeah. in midfield. Um so yeah, definitely, definitely up there. Okay, so I'm going to go for Collar. What, what, sorry, what, what was yours, Ant? Your, your final decision? I put Challoner down. Oh, Chal- yeah, Challoner, yeah. After listening to you guys, especially Sam, maybe getting South Wales on a three-year deal, that is, that's big because he could be a yeah. big money. Yeah, he could have sell on yeah. fee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I'd, I'll go, as a final answer, I'll go with Rydell, but um, I noticed someone in the comments has just said, again, kind of like I was hinting at before, all these players or a lot of these players come back to Dave Chalner, you know, would we be saying Rydell or, or Collar as, as standouts if, if Chalner hadn't come in and done what he's doing? Um, Probably not. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'll go with Rydell based on current form. Yeah. And uh, that's a good shout. I'm, I'm, I think I missed those comments, but, yeah, they've, 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 we're having this discussion because they've all been unlocked, haven't they, by yeah. by, by, by Chalner. Yeah, and that go, um, kind of goes back to Ant's point of, you know, then it does become Chalner as, yeah. as a shout for signing of the year. Right, I tell you what. Then let's let well, what we'll do. What we'll do, and I'll pu- I'll publish these after. I reckon then we'll do we'll do a, a Scarpagara War best sign in twenty twenty one. Should we should we decide now? It's Chaloner. There we go. Yeah, yeah. that's fine, Danny. Okay. Um. Right. Most improved. And um. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Ooh, what did I put that? I think I put Ryan Mardell down. Yeah. 
absolute class since he's come in. He was struggling to get in the team before, wasn't he, as well? Yeah. I think, did he come on as a sub in a Woking game when we were out back? And I was watching him, I was thinking, yeah, he's a decent player, him, but then he wasn't starting. I'm just like, I wonder. I think I've seen him in pre-season a few times as well. I was thinking, yeah, he's a really good player, and then you don't see him in the first 11. And now he's yeah. transformed. Yeah, I'd say... I think Will Collar for more the fact that obviously Collar and Rydell are the two that people will probably go with the most. But yeah. um, I think Rydell, when he signed, it was obviously it was a three-year deal, but it, because of his age profile and the fact that he was coming from Fleetwood's academy, if you like, you could you could realistically look at that signing and say, okay, well, he's only getting minutes here and there for us, but that's because he's a he's one for the future. Um, I think people. I think we're also impressed by how much he's come on because obviously he's doing brilliantly when he's playing, but he's playing like that. That's a, that's a big thing. Collar was already getting minutes. I know it probably wasn't ninety minutes every week under Ross, but Collar was getting more minutes. Um, and I, I think like you, Ross, I always thought there was a player there, but I just thought. We were kind of trying to make him a. He's either a four or a six or an eight. He's, he's one. He's got to be one of those. Mm. Whereas now, I think the thing is, Collar, Crowsdale, and Sarsovic, there isn't a four, a six, and an eight. It's just the three of them are kind of rotating throughout mm. the game of you know for what we need. And mm. um, I think now that Collar's found that that niche in the team for himself, and you know, Dave Challoner after after the Bolton game, I spoke to to Challoner and he said. I asked him specifically about Collar and he, he said, um, he said, oh, you know, he's a bit safe, a bit too safe. And to think we're going from the new manager calling, calling you a bit safe in your first game under him to now barely two months later, well, not even that, you know, almost two months later for him to be scoring four in, in the last four and mm. um, getting assists and an assist for the winner on, on Tuesday. You know, for him to be for for that, it's such a drastic improvement that I think I'd go with Collar. Okay, it does remind me of Blizzard as well. You know, it could it just same mould, yeah. class footballer. Yeah, yeah, and he's like I say, it's not. I think the thing that's impressive for me is he's not he's not a four, he's not an eight. He's he's just he's found that spot in the team for himself that. You know, he gets back with Crowsdale and he does the dirty work. But, you know, at 3-1 against Altrincham in the first half on Boxing Day, we've just conceded an own goal and we're thinking, oh, it could get, if they get a few more chances at the Chile end, could get a bit nervy. If they go in 3-2 at half-time, you know, who knows? But for Will Collar to then pop up like he does at the back post and you kind of think, you know, 30 seconds ago, even 15 seconds ago, he was in our box defending yeah. a, a corner or defending a throw into the box. I think he's kind of found that spot in the team for himself. And like I say, just because it's so drastic, the improvement, I've noticed someone said Jordan Keane, but for me, I think most fans would look at Jordan Keane, or I myself look at Jordan Keane as, yeah, he might have come back into the team this season and, and done well, but Jordan Keane doing well is is kind of a standard. Like, it's you know, he's, this is someone that's won, won the title with us and won promotion with us. So it's not as much of a surprise, but I think the thing with Collar is, like I say, so the the improvement is so drastic that that I'd go with him. Okay, 
So I've I've I'm going to put the cat amongst the pigeons now because I, I put I've put Rydell and Collar, but if I had to pick one, it would be it would be Rydell for me. Um, but then I do want Collar to be in some in, in something somewhere because he's <laughs> because he's just he's just fantastic. Um, so so you said Rydell and yep, you said Collar Sam. Most people on the comments they, they, they appear to they. It's kind of I don't know. Is it fifty fifty between Rydell and Collar? Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, we'll have both. <laughs> we'll have both for that one. Rydell and Collar, they can share it. Most improved Ryan Rydell and Will Collar. Okay, unsung hero. Now, one of mine that went into the unsung hero. You just mentioned him, Jordan Keane. He was mine. Um, was he? Yeah. So, yeah. just purely based on. Um, doesn't grumble, gets his head down. His his body language is always fantastic. When he comes on, you get you get a seven, an eight, a nine, or a nine out of him. You know, in terms yeah. of in terms of rating, um, and he's just Mister Reliable. He can play in central yeah. midfield. He just he just goes under the radar with no like flair and does a job, um, and doesn't get spoken about yeah. enough <laughs> for me. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keen Keen's mine for that. He was yeah. also dropped. Out of the team, not yeah. even on the bench, and they just walk straight back in, and you can't yeah. even drop him again, can you? It's yeah, yeah, ultimate professionalism. Yeah, I think they kind of. I think if you look at the squad, it kind of breaks into these groups of, you know, Hinchley, Palmer, Minihan to an extent, Keane. Like you say, I'm, these were players that, you know, let's let's be honest, the the previous regime probably wanted. Wanted to move on, you know. They, they, they didn't want them in this. We didn't want them in the side. Yeah. Game. Even Ash, Ash Palmer went through a spell last season of being left out, but even Ash Palmer doing what he does just came back in and, and basically said, you know, I'm going to make you realise that that I'm one of the, you know you can't afford to leave me out. I'm I'm the best defender at the club, or I'm one of the best defenders at the club. Um, so, but it's difficult because. Obviously, I, th- I think if you think unsung hero, I think Ryan Crowsdale would obviously be a big shout. Yeah, but yeah. If I put this out. I put this out unsung hero as a category, but I kind of, I kind of hate it a little bit. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, and I've just seen someone's just said it as well, and this is kind of the point I'm going to get onto. With an unsung hero, if if that many people point out that they're an unsung hero, then they're not, they're not an unsung hero. It, you know, it kind of gets to the stage of, you know, for me, Jordan Keane is one of those players that because of what they've done for the club, that like, they'll always just be heroes. And then you think, well, they're probably not that underrated. I suppose it's different than underrated. Isn't it? It's probably, probably a little bit different, but again, even Ryan Crowsdale for me, because Crowsdale was, was who I was going to say. Yeah. Um, but again, um, because so many people point out how unsung he is, he isn't. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I get it. It kind yeah. of becomes like so. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to be like one of those people that kind of goes out the way to pick like a really left field pick just for the sake of it. But when I was putting this category out, I did actually think. Um, I know it seems a bit kind of corny, but I actually did think Dave Conlon was a good shout for it because if you think of what he did. When when Jim left, and I know we were behind closed doors, but how understandably kind of toxic everything was when when Jim left for Dave just to come in, and it would have been really difficult for him because that Jim's someone that he's won the title with. He's he's a, 
he's assisted Jim in like in you know four hundred games or something like that. Um, so it would have been difficult for Dave Common to be reading all the stuff that was going on about Jim's departure and just to to step into the fold and take the team. Um, I think he got a point the first time against Boreham Wood, just kept us ticking over, and obviously it didn't then work out with Rust. But again, kind of touching on the, the Keane Palmer Hinchley type thing, Conlon could Dave could probably go down as one of those people of would we have been surprised if he got moved on last season? Probably not. And I think it's credit to him that he's knowing him and knowing knowing what he does, he he makes people see how valuable he is to the club. And he like I know Dave Chandler's lent on him a lot. Um and Dave Chandler kind of actively wants him around, which in itself because you know, often a manager can come to a club and understandably just want their own people and you know, it could have been easy for Dave Chandler to bring Clint Hill in. And then just say, all right, see you later, Dave. Yeah, you know, yeah. thanks for your help, but we've, I've got. I'm going in this direction. But and even on Tuesday, you know, Dave Conlon was constantly. They were. It's not a case of Conlon giving advice and Chaloner just kind of reluctantly taking it. You know, they they actively kind of engaging with each other and Chaloner's turning to him and asking for for advice and asking for suggestions and um and like obviously the, the Dover game was a great moment as well with Dave Conlon taking the team for that and getting the win. And I think he was really kind of pleased with the move by the uh, response he got from the county fans that travelled. So I think I think I, I'd say him because not just of what he did in, in terms of ticking the team over, but it, at the times that it happened, you know, Jim left and it was also kind of negative and toxic and he just kept things ticking over. And then when Rusk left, um, he just kind of came in, got the win. I know it was, you know, bottom of the league, but he had to come and go and, and travel and, and, you know, do the work and again to be to be retained and for people to see how valuable he is um i think that is that's probably the definition of an unsung hero for me yeah that's a very you make a very compelling point um about dave conlon i mean the, the, the other ones that i had written down were i actually did three on this one i just thought fuck it i, I had keen i had crowsdale i, had, I also had H- uh, hinchliffe as well because hinchliffe um Again, but going back to your point, he's not really unsung, is he? Because he's won a title with us and things. But but it was the way he was dropped for Ross, and I think Ross will be a really good goalkeeper, at, you know, in the future. Um, but then came back in, and it's almost like he'd never been out of the team. It's just yeah. it's just standard Hinchliffe, and he I wouldn't say it goes unnoticed, but definitely your point about Conlon that has gone unnoticed. So. For that category, then should we should we agree that Conlon is the un- unsung hero? You yeah, definitely. Right that, yeah, yeah. Also, really good, uh, on Dave Conlon, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter. There's a video floating about where it's Madden's goal from a different angle, and it shows the dugout and Conlon's just going absolutely mental. I love it. Yeah. It's a great little video. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I spoke to him around the time, so I, I did a piece with Jim for his 500th game um, before around the time of the West Ham game and I spoke to Dave as well and I didn't actually realise myself when I spoke to Dave because he's just dead quiet reserved and you know really nice guy but he actually pointed out himself that he's been assistant manager at County for like I think he's, he's pushing 500 games himself now because right. um, he was he was assistant under Alan Lord um obviously under Jim and and now as well um so yeah I think for the work he's done. Obviously I know these these awards that we're doing are for this year, but when you look at 
his whole time at the club. And like you say, Ross, for Hinchliffe, Keane, Palmer, the big thing for me was the they seemed it was really kind of I suppose for any county fan that's that was around when we were going to to all these kind of clubs in the National League North and these players were winning us a title, it was really frustrating to see them almost sidelined and, and pushed out the door and it looked for all the world like they were all heading that way. But they've just all one by one just said, Look, I, I I'm I'm getting in this team, like I'm the best goalkeeper, I'm the best centre half, I'm the best whatever, you know, in whatever position. Um and I think it says a lot that they've just come in and forced a way back in and you, you literally can't as a manager you, you can't not pick them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, okay, well, as well, I, don't, I hope you don't mind, Sam. But if we nick these, can we? Because you came up with this on Twitter. If, 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 I hope you're okay if we can nick these, and then we'll we'll um, we'll publish these on Twitter and things, and, and tag the players in to say it's our yeah, sort of podcast yeah. podcasting. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Uh, right, the next three categories are probably I don't know. Well, I, I was I was going to say easier to choose, but maybe maybe not. Okay, best goal of 2021. Now I, I had to rack my brains about this because I've. I, I've, I've forgotten. I've forgotten the third goal against Alti on Sunday. To be quite honest, um, yeah. so um, yeah, I think I think you could realistically say any John Rooney goal in terms of a, the best <laughs> quality goal. Um, yeah, you know his goal against Altrincham um, on New Year's Day to put us two 0 up. You know, you just think if that was a packed Cheeto end. Um, but I think best like county goal, like with it being a proper county moment. And I know probably best moments are different. It's a different category to the actual goal itself. Yeah. But and I think people kind of get the two entwined. And obviously, a lot. I know a lot of Sadash Palmer versus yeah. Bolton, and that's probably for me goes down as a moment. So if you're talking best goal for for the context around it, I think I'd probably go for Ollie Prankshaw on Boxing Day because the nine thousand fans, the goal at the Cheadle end, topping off the day like five one win, record attendance. A regular league game since I think the first time since two thousand and eight nine. Um, I think Ollie Crankshaw for for the situation that, that we were in, where it's just topping off another big win on the day of China, everyone's buzzing and we're looking in a much better place than we were just two months previous. I think that probably goes down as the actual best goal, and it helps that it's you know a ridiculous volley class build up. Yeah. Um, and, and like I say, that it falls at the Chile end as well. Yeah. What about you, Ant? Oh, loads. Like <laughs> going back to last year, there was a Will Collar goal behind closed doors at home. I think it was maybe Kingsland, who's an absolute rocket yeah, from outside rocket. the box. Yeah. That was quality. But I think just for the emotion that Ashley Palmer's equaliser against Bolton, it was just. Yeah. Was, oh. Yeah. All, all three of the goals though, from 3 2. They were brilliant, weren't they? All three of them. Yeah, I think yeah. I think if if we're looking at goals, though, if 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 we break it down and you take the emotion out of the Ash Palmer goal and 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 that kind of thing, it was a cross into the it was a cross from a corner, a corner and, he, he had, yeah. and that's that's what it was. That 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 that's definitely in my moment of 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 this year. I've gone for best goal. I've gone for quickly in the extra time goal. At the yeah. railway end against Bolton, um, not so much the context around it, but the, the opposition comes in, in for me because they are a league. That was a league one defence. Madden's pass was sublime 
for that goal. And then, you know, just just, just a nice lift over the goalkeeper. Um, Keep, keeping himself onside as well. Just yeah. Think... Yeah, keeping himself yeah. onside, holding off the defender as well. Um yeah, that 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 would be my that would be mine. I mean, in in the in the comments, this this Crankshaw seems to be getting the uh, I don't know, Crankshaw seems to be getting the vote on Boxing Day. Um, Madden so, there at Halifax, that was that yeah, was a, a class goal. Yeah. yeah, Madden at Halifax, that was an absolute rocket as well, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I think like um, I think Sai has pointed out South of Hales against Torquay when he cut in and curled it into the top corner yeah. on on yeah. BT Sport. But this is kind of what I was hinting at it with my selection is it's difficult because you, sh- you we should look at it and say the best goal, like the best technical, like the best ability goal. But it's hard because I look back and think, well, we, you know, we got beat in the playoffs that season and it, you kind of, and the fans weren't in, and it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with best moment. Um, but it's hard to, to take, the emotion and like the context out of goals because South of Hales is no doubt like the actual quality of the goal would be up there in any goal of the season award. Yeah. But just like I say, because looking back and knowing that we got beat in the playoffs ultimately, knowing that there was no fans in, knowing that that manager and that regime have moved on now and it didn't work out, it just feels a bit flat. Whereas because, again, maybe it's that thing of Crenshaw being more recent, but because everything was so, everyone was buzzing and Everything's in such a happy, positive place at the moment. I think the and the attendance and the fact it was at the Cheetah End, and I think as someone said, the collar assist, the little flick over the top by collar. Yeah. Um, I think the actual goal itself was, for me, that's why I've gone for that. Okay, so final, final rubber stamp. Then are we saying are we all agreed it's Crankshaw against Alty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Stuff right, best moment. I think I think we're probably on an agreement. The best moment, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny though because obviously the, I, I agree with with the Palmer one, but it's funny, isn't it, how people don't, myself included, we don't really talk about the Crankshaw one again, the fifth goal. Yeah, like, yeah. Considering that yeah. sparked a pitch invasion that. That you know rolls in at the Cheetah end, and that was actually we've actually we've actually won the game. Like it, it's done and dusted. Yeah. But it's it's funny because I, I I do it myself. Like I'll always talk about the power goal as a moment. And actually at the game I was losing my mind, like shouting at that one. And I was doing the same for the Crankshaw one, but it just the power. I think it's probably I don't know what you two think, but because of who it is as well, and because it's someone yes, that yeah. as we touched on earlier, he's he kind of found himself on the outside looking in a little bit and. We were all thinking he's going to be moved on. Yeah, not, not only that, that, he had the own though. goal as well, didn't he? The own yeah, goal yeah, as well, yeah. and he's redeemed redeemed it. On moment yeah. though, as well. I know I said it before, but Connor Jennings coming back and scoring that must yeah. have meant so much to him. Yeah, it's that was yeah. that's a top moment. Yeah, and I, yeah. Think that I, think with, I think the Connor. Yeah, I think the Connor Jennings one's got a lot of um, outside interest as well, didn't it? And yeah. Obviously, there was a lot of eyes on that because of the story. Um, obviously, it, because of Connor and and um, the actual moment itself, it'll always go down as like one of the best moments. But I, I think this, this sounds ridiculously not harsh, but I think with it being a Tuesday night, 
kind of fifth goal against Kings Lane. It, yeah. You know, it, it, you kind of think if that was a even a Saturday game or that was a, a Bolton type game. I don't know. It, it seems like I'm being unnecessarily harsh because it's at the end of the day, he's still achieved a massive thing and it's still it was a, a really emotional moment and, and I know it was really good to see all the players celebrating together and they were all obviously delighted for it. Maybe I'm just being unnecessarily kind of harsh, like I say, but um, yeah, I think that one with Connor's got, definitely got to go down as one of the best moments of the year. Yeah, it's, it's probably a very close second to the Palmer to the Palmer equaliser because everything that surrounded the Palmer equaliser, like you say, Ant, um, he obviously scored the own goal. We had a bit of a mare to start with. He scored the own goal. We found ourselves three one down, and and not only you know how much character do you need for that, you know, we actually get it back to three all against a League One team. When whereas in other you know in days gone by that they'd have just they'd just coasted to a win, wouldn't they? So it felt. I don't know. I don't think I've ever felt like that at a county match before. I, I was at Southampton away when we won two one. I don't remember feeling like I did when Palmer scored that goal, but you know, way back then. So it definitely that that definitely gets my vote. Um, that, yeah, the, the, the celebrations were as close to Hardick as second than yeah. than I can remember. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't. I think I've seen us at Wembley once was when we won 2008. And I mean, I was only kind of 15, 16 at the time, but I, I don't remember um, celebrating any of those at Wembley. I think it's different for Wembley because it's not, obviously it's not Edgley Park. And yeah. although it was, it meant more in terms of promotion at the time, I think again, going back to it being a, an actual county hero, like you say, I'm someone that scored an own goal in the first five minutes then equalised in the last five minutes. Um, who it is, you know, the fact that everyone loves him, it's, it is a proper county legend. Um, yeah, and like you say, Russ, I just, I don't remember hearing Edgley Park like that. Like, the closest for me, although there obviously wasn't as many people, the closest for me is probably the Curzon Ashton, yeah, um, yeah. Glenn Taylor moment. But for it to, you know, that was, I think you've touched on it before on previous podcasts, Ross, like that was a goal somewhere else. That was a moment yeah. somewhere else that, that kind of made its way over to us. For it to be Ash Palmer, for it to be at the Chino end, 86th minute, having scored her own goal and to go on and win the game. Like I say, looking back in hindsight, if Palmer equalises, although it's an unreal moment, if we go and lose 5-3 in extra time, or if Bolton go up the other end and get that penalty that they appealed for and instantly go 4-3 up and win the game in 90 minutes people, although the moment itself would stand out, people probably wouldn't yeah. look back at it with as much fondness. So I think for the fact that it goes down as... I, I said Crenshaw as a shout for the, the fifth goal, but as someone pointed out in the comments, you know, that, that Crenshaw one doesn't happen without without Palmer's. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, probably the most obvious shout, I think. Okay, yeah. So are we all in agreement that it is the Palmer goal? Best moment, yeah. But but there's a caveat with it, closely followed by um, by Connor Jennings. Someone's mentioned here, but Happy Hatter. Um, she makes a good point. Best goal changing moment, Ash. Best footballing moment, return of Jennings. Yeah. So maybe maybe we add a category, so we yeah. sort of fit that category in. Um, right, and then the next one is best game, but. Is it not just the Bolton game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be dis- discussed, does it? It's just it's just a Bolton game at home, five three. Um, yeah. Others, I wouldn't. I would say don't even come close. Um, no, no, definitely not. 
So, um, I mean, I suppose Bolton, Bolton away, you know, maybe yeah, because of the the five thousand away fans, and it was Charlton's first game, and we put in a proper performance and all those kind of things. But yeah, Bolton at home was just miles clear. Yeah, West West Ham was pretty impressive, though. We we took a team who finished what sixth in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way to the eighty fifth minute. Yeah, I was, I was, I was just thinking the West Ham match then. Um, but behind closed doors, it just doesn't feel the same, does it? No, and not not only behind closed doors, but we went on to lose the match as well, didn't we? So, mm. um, so yeah, I don't think you can, don't think you can. <laughs> We're just laughing at a comment that's coming. Um, maybe, maybe we won't, we won't flash that up. Um, Okay, right. So, got all those. So, let's just recap. Best signing, Dave Challoner. Most improved, um, with joint one, uh, Ryan Rydell, Will Collar. Unsung hero, Dave Conlon. Best goal, Crankshaw versus Alti. Best moment, Palmer scoring against uh, Bolton. And the best game is the Bolton 5 3. Yeah. I, um, I actually saw uh, Ben Walker kind of took. The, this template and, and added one which I thought was good, which was um, where we'll be in in twelve months' time. Um, I thought that was good. That was a good one because all right. If you like, I say if you think back twelve months, twelve months previous from now, to think even like I say to think we'd have Paddy Madden up front it is kind of that in itself is a bit of a, a weird one. Let alone Jim's gone, all this other stuffs happened, all this water under the bridge. All these signings, Bolton, all, all these things. Dave Challenger being at the helm, like I think it's obviously it's going to be a difficult, difficult one because that in itself, the, the the sheer number of things that have happened this year show that no one's really got a clue what's what's coming. But um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting one to add. Yeah, probably probably save that for another day. Um, yeah. that's probably that's probably a long goal conversation, isn't it? Yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah, <definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, just just a, cu- a couple of final final thoughts then, because we are at an hour and a half. Um and I've you know, I, I need something to eat. Um but um the ground improvements, I know I know I'm not sure it was Mark Stop that said it, but I'm sure we it, it was mentioned that we would get some sort of update on the ground purchase and the ground improvements by Christmas or at least by the end of the year. I don't know, Sam, have you heard anything on this? Anything more on uh, this? I haven't. I, I saw something on Twitter that kind of alluded to, um, I mean, I say alluded to, it wasn't anyone from the club, but um, kind of suggested that they'd heard stuff around January. But I don't know. Think I kind of think with with the club, the way things work at the moment with the club or since Mark Stock came in and took over is we, we, we might not hear a lot with, with regards to, you know, um, groundwork and that kind of thing. But from from past experience with these owners, stuff's always going on behind the scenes. Like they are always working away with, with things. And I haven't heard anything in terms of when it'll be or when, the, when there'll be news, but um, I'm, I'm sure that they are cracking on with with uh with stuff behind the scenes whether it's a purchase or whether it is just more development and stuff like that um i'm sure i'm sure we'll see pretty soon and we'll hear pretty soon but um yeah at the moment not really heard too much okay good stuff um 
yeah, because I mean that's really obviously a really interesting part of everything around. You know, it's good seeing the team develop on uh, on the pitch, but everything around that's been done as well, you know, it's been first class. So I think everyone's chomping at the bit to see the uh, see the the architect pictures and things of of the new. Uh, the, well, what is what we think is going to be new stands and things like that. Okay, great. Um, right, let's wrap it up there. Thanks very much for coming on, both of you, once again. Thank you. Um, and you're more than welcome back anytime. Um, I'll uh, certainly be getting, you know, if, if you'll come back on, I will we'll definitely have you. Um, just a few things to wrap up then. Um, I say every time, if you haven't downloaded the Fan Hub app, get that downloaded. Uh, there's over 670 county fans in there now. Um, the app's growing rapidly and rewards, you know, rewards are being handed out on, on, on a weekly basis now. So, uh, so do get that installed. Um we have, I spoke to uh, Andy in eight days a week about the gig we've got in January um, with Mike Flynn and Gary Stockfifth. So that'll be a laugh. Um, so we're going to try and get tickets sorted out for that very soon. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. All that's left to say is um, for everybody that's listened, downloaded, watched, subscribed, liked, anything like that, commented, anything, um, you know, thank you so much. Um this has been our best year in terms of a podcast. Um, we decided to go to weekly uh, and it's paid off. So it's going to be weekly uh, in the future as well. So just thanks everybody for listening. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, that's it. I thank you very much. Um, don't really know what else to say. Um, right. Um, Sam, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, hey, like it. Your, your turn, Ant. Cheers, cheers, mate. Cheers, thank you. Happy New Year to everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year and see you next week in January. Cheers, everyone. This is the Scarf Bagara War, a Stockport County fan-created podcast, blog, YouTube live show and website. Find us at thescarfbagarawar.co.uk for county fans, by county fans. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.